So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 mixologists. Welcome back to another episode of Mixing with Moni. I am your host, of course, Moni, and I am very thrilled to be talking with all of you, even though you can't talk back, but I'm imagining what you would be saying at any given point. I'm thinking, what would I say back? What would someone say to me if I was saying these words? We were having a cocktail, maybe a cup of tea, depending on where you are in your life, at your kitchen table, just gabbing about all the things. And that helps me keep going. I get a lot of response from people that that's what they feel is happening anyway. So I'm glad we'll keep it going that way, right? Okay, so fresh off of my interview and my conversation with Donovan, the publicist, fantastic time recording. Was going to split it up. I know it's really long, but I decided against it. Some people really like it juicy and long and thick. They like to come back to it. You know, some people want extenuating content while they're in quarantine or while they're doing stuff and while they're living their life. And I understand both sides. So I just decided to do what I wanted to do and what was easiest for me. And what was easiest for me was to not stress about what to do. (laughs) So I just put it out. So 
if you couldn't get to all of it, it's fine. You, it's always going to be there. You can you know, resume it whenever you want. If you did get through all of it, awesome. I mean, I got a lot more positive feedback than anything else. So that's great. Hopefully you guys can hear me more. I do have a different mic this time. I am recognizing that so many people think that they can't hear me. Some people say it's completely fine. Some people say it's they, they can't hear me. It goes in and out. Let me tell y'all something. Everything gets recorded over Wi-Fi, <laughs> okay? If your Zoom or your TV has ever paused on you, that does not change just because you're listening to me instead of watching me. Wi-Fi causes things to stop and start. Sometimes I try to do it on my um, phone and do like LTE or 5G or whatever the hell it is these days. And just so that Wi-Fi doesn't go out. That goes out too. Sometimes it's your earphones. Sometimes it's my mic. Sometimes it's theirs. It's just technology is weird. The best thing I can tell you, let's meet up in person. Let's stand six to 10 feet apart. And let's talk about this shit in person. That's the only way I can tell you and guarantee for certain that you will be able to hear me because honestly, even studios here, not fully opening. And nor do I really want to go into one because A, many. B, don't have any. C, not going to spend any on that. So, I mean, this is free. So I do the best I can. I have explained this many times before. My mic is not here with me. I do plan on returning to Georgia where my mic is. It did not make the cut when I was traveling from one section of the country to the other section of the country to avoid COVID and quarantine with my family many, many, many months ago at this point. Didn't make the cut. The, 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 the car was packed, honey, okay? The car was packed to the brim and I, the mic didn't make it. I, I'm sorry. And so... I'm doing the best I can. I'm still trying to put stuff out. I want to thank Ono Bravo on Instagram for gifting me a lovely new mic. So I do hope you guys can hear me again. I got many amazing... I actually want to make that an actual segue. Hope you can hear me. If you cannot, I do apologize. Do I believe that's a reason to give me low ratings? No. I say you should just not listen to me then. But if you have to go up and down, turning it up, turning it down, I can understand why that is annoying. I just, I I don't know what to tell you because if I record the whole thing, it's not a matter of me listening to it back. That would be the issue. The matter is I listen to it back. If I, I can, I've listened to most of my episodes back. So for those who have asked BB, if I listen to my episodes back, the answer is yes, I do. The problem is I can hear it all and I do it on multiple different avenues. I listen to it in my car, through my AirPods, through my earphones and on like the actual speakers of my phone or iPad or computer. I can hear it. Other people DM me and say they can hear me. But the issue is if I get it out and I don't hear something, it then becomes, do I put nothing out at all and people give me bad reviews because there's no episode or do I put something out that might have a moment and maybe I'll if I catch it I'll include hey there might be an audio problem I'm sorry about that but I still want to get the episode out I always want to get the episode out because re-recording two hours and 30 minutes worth of content is just not feasible or possible and that's what makes this free so that being said I appreciate all the feedback I'm doing the best I can we all are I'll get back to my mic and you'll be able to hear me 
even better very, very soon. In the meantime, hope this mic is better. Hope you can hear me loud and clear. If it comes up too loud, now that is just being nitpicky. If it's too long, it's nitpicky. You have control over your volume and you have control over your attention span. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing, I promise I won't be mad. I really, I won't, I won't. I wouldn't want to either. For me, I like an extra long podcast. I love a Ryan Bailey. I love a four hour those are my things. But I understand if that's not you, then I can recommend some that are shorter who might get the job done faster. Literally, I have so many faves. So you're welcome to ask me, hey girl, you're too long-winded. Who the hell else you listen to? And I'll tell you, I surely will. There's no shade in that. When I win, other people win. When other people win, I win. So whatever tickles your fancy, I just hope I can do a little bit of that tickling of the fancy. Thank you again to Ono Bravo for this lovely mic gift. Also, thank you to everyone who supports me and encourages me and is kind to me, who has written amazing reviews, who has said lovely things. I greatly appreciate, you know, those people. I do all of this for free, as most podcasters do, who are not sponsored or on a major network. Uh, you know, I do it because I like it. I do it because you guys like it. There are times where I definitely want to quit, but I enjoy, you know, people telling me that I bring joy into their life because it brings joy into mine. And I think we could all use a little of that right now. So I really appreciate all the things that have been done, especially during this past, these past couple weeks and Juneteenth. Thank you for supporting, reaching out, telling me that you're learning, you're talking, you want to learn more that you knew stuff and you're glad that, you know, it was reaffirmed and that you're just like, you know, here and you're having fun with me or that you're, you know, struggling with me or whatever it is that you're with me. I appreciate knowing people are in my corner and I would love to circulate that, you know, I find that to be wealth for me. I would like to circulate that wealth to other people. I'm always going to be promoting different black owned businesses, brands, Um, Black Excellence Stories, which is my newest segment that I'm going to be getting into today. And I would love for you guys to be showing your love and support and circulating any extra funds or even just awareness or whatever you can afford, you know, to throw your attention at. It's as simple as a retweet or a post on stories or something and tagging them or something like that. Whatever you can afford to do, circulate it. It, it, It's I am grateful but and I'm overwhelmed and I'm, I feel very lucky, very blessed to have been, you know, impacting so many people because you guys have impacted me just right back and really restored my faith in humanity to an extent that I did not expect to happen, especially this year, especially this soon. Um, but other people could really use it as well. And I just want to make sure that we are increasing the amount of substance that we get from different kinds of people. It is still not okay to me that as much as I've seen my face on the top 200 charts of TV and film amongst people who are sponsored, who do have contracts and, you know, things like that for sponsorships. I have zero of those who have networks and who are celebrities or, you know, paid professionals to do this. As much as I love to see myself up amongst those amazing people, some not amazing, but those people, I would love to see more of me, more of us, more of people of color, more of BIPOCs, which is black and indigenous people. I don't see enough. I could literally count on one hand how many black people are on the top 200 charts. And the number gets even smaller when you get into other 
race categories and, and even smaller in minority categories of, that are not race related. So I love to see more and it increased in TV and film because we watch a lot of shit. So we should listen to a lot of people, a lot of different motherfuckers talk a lot of shit, you know? That seems fair to me. So that being said, let me quickly get into the black excellence for this week. This is brand new that I'll be doing. I'm just going to bring you a cool story about somebody black and excellent. Okay. Just so we can keep reiterating that though media interpretation and portrayal and current history interpretation and portrayal may not always show black people in the best light. I'm here to change that fact. Okay, honey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get right on into some black excellence. One story a week, real quick, and then get into the guest, okay? This comes out of West Point Military Academy, where for the second year in a row, and this is all coming from a very popular website that you can go visit yourself, because of them, we can. This comes from West Point Military Academy. For the second year in a row, Black women have made history there. This year's graduating class included 38 Black women, making it the highest recorded number of Black female cadets in the school's 218-year history. This was reported in Vogue. Good for these Black women being in Vogue. This is an increase, apparently, from last year's historical number of 34 black women graduates coming out of West Point Academy. Now we're at 38. And that is the largest number of black women that they've had at graduate as cadets in their, from their academy in 218 years. That shall change. We're changing it now. Shout out to all these beautiful, amazing black women for doing the damn thing. That is fantastic. Speaking of amazing black women who are doing the damn thing, this week's guest is Kara Berry from Everyone's Business But Mine. I cannot wait for you to get into this conversation with us. As we know, shows are on hiatus right now. When New York and Beverly Hills come back, I will talk about the last episode pre-hiatus and the second episode post-hiatus and post-everything and the potential scrubbing that they're doing of the season's and see what we can come up with and see how we can compare the two. I am not going to probably talk about the shows until they come back because it makes zero sense to uh, while they're off air. But there is a lot of things to talk about. And, to, you know, a lot of people wanted to know thoughts about pregnancy and Stasi and VPR. And a lot of Bravo news has happened since this. Uh, hiatus has started, which is why this episode is as long as it is, even though there are no shows on the air. So listen to it at your will and whatever you can afford to listen to. I'm appreciative. How about that? So no need to tell me it's too long, girl, because I'm not going to change the times. You just listen to what you can and I'm happy with it. Cool. And if it's all awesome, thank you very much for stopping by. Without further ado, my friend Kara Berry and I are about to get into all the Bravo hot topics of the week and, of course, some other stuff. So sit back, relax, sip something that you mixed. And without further ado, Kara. 
All right, guys, as promised, I am back with the incomparable Kara Barry from Everyone's Business, but mine, literally, you're listening to either one of us, both of us, you'll find the other one from one of us, because there aren't that many of us doing the same damn thing, so... I am always very pleased when I, you know, with the podcast community that I've built and Kara is literally one of the best to do it. I love going on her show. Y'all love when she comes on mine. So who better to come back and talk more of this pop culture madness and let's get into everyone's business. Welcome back, Kara. Thank you for coming. My God, Moni, do go on. Thank you so much. <laughs> like literally in another life, I think I was like, I don't know what this would be, like some kind of encourager or like whatever the, the title profession was. Like, I love talking about people. I make them feel very good. It's my love language is like words of affirmation. So I just have them at the ready. Well, I, I you know, much appreciated on my end. For <laughs> so glad to be here. And yeah, really, really excited to talk about what's on the docket. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows there's a very big, big gap happening with episodes of current shows on TV on Bravo right now. Um, Many people, you know, we all expected this because of Corona, things can't be filmed. However, that's not stopping filming, though the numbers have not dwindled anymore. But that's fine. That's your prerogative, people. But it's mainly, it seems that so much of filming is being halted and shows are being halted from airing because they're trying to do some scrubbing. And we will get more into that later, but that's definitely an interesting conversation of whether or not we should scrub or whether or not we should just address the issue. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe if we have people that are on our network and on our shows that are that problematic that we have to literally take it off the air scrub it and then put it back and spend at those editing hours maybe we could actually cut the funds somewhere and just not have them on the show anymore and the coins the production coins yeah this is a, <laughs> a real mess that bravo has gotten themselves into oh yeah it's fires everywhere so because there's not a lot happening on screen there's very much so everything happening on our phone screens ipads laptops whatever you fancy to get your news and pretty sure i should get a shirt now like i should like ask Kay from gold half moon to just make a shirt that says bravo's on fire like it's just on fire everywhere (laughs) right (laughs) Like, Bravo's like Jack's in the lake, like, help, you can help me if you want. Like, this is a real mess. Yeah, seriously. There's so many things to talk about. So many people are bored, still in quarantine, out of quarantine, whatever they're doing with themselves. They're all bored and talking too much and talking to somebody with a mic on. And that is always the problem. So Mm -hmm. we are going to dive right on into some Bravo-related news Uh, First up is Atlanta contracts. They have been sent out and apparently some not sent out. We have already gotten word that Eva has left the building and she will not be returning. I'm loving that they're giving her the option of saying things on Instagram like I'm off to pursue other things and like make it seem like she's leaving on her own volition when girl, you were fired. Right. Like, girl, we know you're not, like, running off to, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a big star off of Dish Nation. Like, that's not the truth. Come on. You are Come a fill-in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Portia's face is on 
the like the Dish Nation also does a podcast and her face is there. Like she's on there. Portia's on the show. <laughs> Portia was pregnant and they got your pregnant behind it coming filling for her until she was no longer pregnant. Exactly. And you know, I, yeah, I just like hate these you know, like you had a great guest on last week talking about like PR and PR statements and and you know, as people who are like you know, invested in pop culture as much as we are. It's like, we see right through statements like that. It's like, so obvious. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm off to another journey and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you, your ass got fired. And it's okay. Just say that you got fired. Like, n- nobody's, nobody's dying off of this, okay? Like, it's right. fine. Because nobody really is going... And granted, of course, guys, this is alleged. So, we don't know for a fact she was fired. But it she still seems real convenient that on the day contracts are supposed to come out or the week of contracts coming out, you don't tell us beforehand you're leaving. You tell us after contracts go out that basically you're going to go on to better, to better things, which, i.e., means I didn't get one. And that's fine. We didn't really expect you to get one. So we weren't really going to give... We were going to protest you getting one because... <laughs> It was not a good season for Eva. I've said it before. I think severely Bravo just doesn't want to fire pregnant women, which I completely will understand. It seems really inhumane to lose your job while you're pregnant. Everything about that in the real world, not on TV, would be so many lawsuits, HR, I'm, I'm calling people, I have a union rep. Like this, everything about that does not make sense in the real world. So I can understand like when you're talking about someone's actual job still their livelihood in a contract which is what a job would entail you firing them while they're pregnant seems murky why because you think they're going to be boring and they can't drink that's like high key discrimination so <laughs> don't expect you to get fired during the season but you've also been pregnant pretty much every season you've been on the show so Exactly. And it's so frustrating. I was just on the um, Is This Real Life podcast and I compared her kind of like to Eva, it's like, or to Heather DeBro, is in that like, we had such a build up to Heather in that damn house. And then she left right when the house is finished. I and feel I just feel so like robbed. It, it's, it's, I feel really robbed. I personally really saw the potential in Eva and I saw where she could go if she had not been pregnant. And so for her to finally not be pregnant, it's like, damn, we could have had so much with her, I feel. Um, if she was willing to play the game and, like, not do this, like, I'm a zen mommy and I got sunflowers and, you know, I'm, like, all about my babies. If she was there and, like, was really willing to play the game, I think she could have brought something. I really do. I actually agree with you. I think we saw a lot of that at the reunion. She gave us a little bit more to work with, and it wasn't bad. I mean, I wasn't necessarily in agreement with her, but I watch most of these shows almost 100% objectively. I can see the potential in anyone at any point, and I saw a lot of good things happening with Eva. So I liked her performance at the reunion, but it almost felt like it was just too little too late. But I do feel like, there's a great chance also that her husband being the really the only solid guy on Atlanta, and you can quote me on that. I really do not like any other man but Michael Sterling, and he's a politician. He's also a I think a district attorney. Um, so that being said, if he's ever plans to run for something again, which he did before, his wife's performance on a network of Bravo 
with a few Atlanta housewives is not going to sit well with anyone else in Georgia. So I can, even if they're watching it, nobody wants that as their first lady. So though I don't think it was on her own accord, I think that maybe she didn't fight for like friend of or something like that, because I think she could have definitely done a lot in the friend of role and then kind of potentially worked herself back up and been like the first, you know, black Luann to go from friend of, they, from full-time to friend of, back to full-time. I think that we would have saw a lot from her. I'm seeing kind of the same vibe from Tanya as a full-time housewife, wasn't into it. As a friend of, I was like, okay, we're bringing wigs. We're accusing Kenya. We're going for the top. We performed <laughs> at the reunion. I'm here for it. And it wasn't too much of her. And I liked that. And now I low-key want her to come back. And I'm hearing that she allegedly like got a raise. So good for Tanya. See how that works? Eva, take yeah. notes. It's always time for Tanya. And I think that Atlanta is like has the best friends of of any franchise. Like they really get it. They know their role with the exception of that bitch from Clark, Ivana. Like they're they don't do too much. They add a you know, they add, they add to the storylines, they add flavor. In the case of Marlo, they had fashions. In the case of Tanya, they had money and fashions. And I I really appreciate them. So, yeah, I would have loved to see Eva as a friend of. And, yeah, see what you can do. And then maybe you can go back up to the big leagues when you really perform. I absolutely agree. I mean, we don't even really know friends of on New York. I mean, I think Elise is one of the first ones we've had that has had this much of a conversation behind her in a very long time. I mean, there are they just don't miss. I think I saw someone's post I don't remember who it was that um they don't make friends of like they used to they truly do not we back in the day honey where is Dwight I really need that energy right back on my screen that was such a good time fashion shows with no fashion really is one of my it's like one of my favorite pastimes of watching Bravo is those days when Sheree tried to have a fashion show with no fashions and she's being brought down to size by the friend of. Same with, you know, Nene. I think back in the day, though, we did not have defined roles like this. I don't think even we really knew who was full-time and who was friend of. It was so murky. It was really just whoever was like the groupie of the housewife that was talking. So now it's so official and like it almost feels like the more official it is, the less they perform in that role. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, gosh, I I am sad about, about Eva. Do you remember when, I mean, of course, you it was only a few weeks ago when Yvonne had it put in TMZ that she was going to be coming back on Atlanta and everybody laughed at her like, girl. <laughs> yeah, and like full time or something like that. And we were like, girl, A, they haven't even put out the contracts yet. B, we're still trying to figure out if Nene's coming back. And I fully doubt and I don't care how you feel about Nene I don't care how anyone feels about Nene I even I'm a Nene apologist but I'm not her biggest fan she there's no way they're prioritizing making sure that your spot is secure Yovana before Nene leaves even though she left the show mid-reunion and they were all frustrated as hell they would literally knock down her door before they come even text Yovana Thank you. Nene was giving us laptop keys, Dell laptop keys for the last 45 minutes of the... With pre-written read. (laughs) (laughs) iOS press release on the notepad. (laughs) With no commas, no ending parentheses, nothing. Right. So Nene put out that that tweet 
And everybody was like, well, what is she referring to? And then there's been a lot of back and forth. Like, I think in terms of like Atlanta news, in terms of like what happens at reunions and what happens in terms of casting, somehow B. Scott has the most reliable tea. <laughs> and I, he was the one who said that she was fired, right? Yes, she's, he said that she was fired, but then Tamara Tattles was like, she's not fired. And then um, whoever is the pink one, Hollywood Life, I think, or Hollywood Unlocked, one of them girls, they were like, she's not fired. The representation said that they are trying to negotiate bigger picture deals with NBC, though, which means she's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't want to come back but it might be on her more on her terms than we thought and here's my thing and I put up this meme I will believe Nene Leakes is not coming back to Atlanta period when the reunion of the next season is complete because <laughs> right. that's literally how Nene works I mean n- no matter what her feelings are with Bravo right now no matter what their feelings are with her right now whether they sent her a contract or not they could have easily not sent her one because she simply wasn't going to sign it. May we remember last season, they filmed multiple weeks and Nene was still giving them a hard time and they still put her ass back on the show full time. Right. Nene has a a relationship with Bravo and with the housewives in the way that kind of like Bethany does and the way that like, she obviously has a lot of pull. The way that Teresa wants to. Yeah. But she's not smart enough to if we're gonna be um (laughs) i dropped something um so there's something very odd about how they treat nini and i this always keep coming back to this like two seasons ago they had a the preview for that season and there was like an allusion to they were alluding to nini having some sort of like substance abuse issue uh, we're worried about Nini, and then it never came up in the actual season. So I just feel like she's got a lot of sway, and I feel like honestly, the only person who ruins Nini is Nini. Right? He's she's her own worst enemy. Like just her attitude, and I think there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on with like her relationship with Greg. Oh yeah, that and- man cheating. <laughs> like, oh yeah, allegedly, <laughs> but that also didn't come up, and that was something that. I believe Wendy Williams was even referring to when she said on her own show, I think Nene has a story that really needs to be told and it's going to come up on the season. And then all of a sudden it didn't come up. No one said anything until Kenya like blurted it out at the reunion on Zoom because she really couldn't be stopped then. And I was like, we really brushed right over it because Nene has some kind of pull, just like you're saying, you're so right. It's, it's one of those things where it's like the reason people don't like Nene, but yet they don't hate her the way they do like a Tamara or a Vicky is because the only person who is Nene's biggest enemy is Nene. Like there is no one matchable to her. It's kind of this weird phenomenon and Bravo doesn't care to let her go. They let her literally ruin her own self and they keep bringing her back. She assaulted a crew member and though that is something we cannot stand for they did not fire her and the yeah. main reason why is because she is the most memeable person they've ever heard had on their network period she is the right. most iconic like phrase person ever their episodes with nini go absolutely viral because she says things that no one's ever heard of most of the things of like nobody's watching I, 
I enjoy watching it happens live occasionally because I like to see people that I just saw on TV on TV again. It's weird, but nobody's watching the show. It, it, to be honest, like no one's watching Watch It Happens Live that late at night. Have a girl on Atlanta from there. They're watching it almost double the amount of normal. Have Nene on there. It does numbers that no one even thinks is possible at eleven o'clock at night. Like yeah. seriously, she yeah. is marketable even though she's not insurable. Exactly. She when she's good, she's so good, and it's unfortunate that we're seeing less and less of that because she's she is naturally funny. She is like when she's in situations like. And and the way she observes life and how she talks about it is so brilliant and so funny. But then there's just times where she just acts like crazy. And it really is frustrating to see because we don't understand what's happening behind the scenes to make her act that way. And then it just seems very, it's like very dissatisfying to me. I feel strongly, and I've said it before because people are like, you know, she's really rude in person and stuff. I feel strongly that she is so over this. And this is my main issue with Bravo and reality TV overall. And the influencer generation is this is not sustainable. So what happens next? And I think Nini is fully the embodiment of that. Like Mm -hmm. what's going to happen when Housewives is over? Because they know, we know, everyone knows this is not sustainable forever. We're literally now watching the world implode and the last thing we want to watch is housewives but it's also the first thing we want to watch but then we watch it and it literally triggers and mirrors everything that we're going through in the real world and it's not fun like nobody wants to see polite racism now because we know that it's linked to possible death so we don't want to watch that so what do we do like we can't just let it slide forever so this is not a, a forever thing but i think nini is the embodiment of what it looks like when the expiration date is near. Because you have all these new people who are so thirsty to be on this platform, who want, you know, their jobs, who are going to work for their jobs. And then you have someone like Nene, who has been on the show for so goddamn long that she's over it. Everything is there, but yet she sees her new, you know, replacements. It's like you're the oldest person in the office. You're 10 years out of retirement. You see yep. everyone new coming in. You don't know how to work the new software. You can learn, but you really just don't want to. You want to get out. But what are you going to do? Where are you going to get the money? Like, Nene can't sustain her life without this show, but this show is the bane of her existence. Like, she's over it. And we're over watching her be over it. It looks like Cynthia now, too. Cynthia's like, girl, I got a whole life in L.A., but I'm out here in Atlanta doing this goddamn show. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what it is that they're going to do with Cynthia, because now we know it's like even more egregious than with Tinsley coming to New York when she clearly was living in like West Palm Beach. It's like we know that Cynthia has really no ties to living in Atlanta. She has no desire. Not a one. So what's the point? Even what- her daughter moved to L.A. Even her daughter's girlfriend moved to L.A. Like nobody is... <laughs> Atlanta. And shout out to her daughter's girlfriend. She went to Howard. She's from D.C. Okay, just throwing that out there. They're They're very, very cute. It's adorable. But, like, her whole family, like, her stepdaughters, her daughter, her daughter's girlfriend, she can't be a part of this journey with her daughter and, you know, experiencing this part of her life. Her husband or fiancé, soon-to-be husband, is out there. Why in the world would we believe that Cynthia is on the East Coast? And I know y'all are probably gearing up to DM me right now because she has businesses, honey. I lived in Atlanta 
from January, we fled for Corona, and I'm going back. Her businesses are not, it's not popping like that. This is not a candy situation. <laughs> There's no, she's not flying and staying in Atlanta six months out of the year for a glorified total wine and more. She's <laughs> not. <laughs> right. Or maybe an unglorified, a smaller scale total wine and more, okay? She's not. And I don't blame her. She shouldn't. Not to mention her sister is there. She's always like my sister Mal's running stuff. So she could easily do purchasing orders from LA. This is hello. If any if Corona's taught us anything, is we can do anything from our laptops. Right. She can sign any contract she needs to. I mean, there's literally no reason for her to remain in Atlanta. Uh gosh, I, I I'm very curious as to what the trajectory of Atlanta is going to be. But now that we're seeing so much power with Portia the Williams, like, I'm I'm not nervous about it. I'm very concerned that Candy is going to be the highest paid one again, but Portia is out here working overtime to not even just revamp Atlanta, to revamp Bravo and their representation in the Black community. To me, it feels irresponsible and negligent to not up Portia significantly. If not to the highest degree, the girl is getting cheated on on television, okay? <laughs> We're by a hot dog man. That's literally his claim to fame. We're watching moms collide. We're watching babies get born. We're watching, you know, all these things happen, houses and therapy, and she's running out and all these things. It's now the same as Candy, except now Portia's literally working overtime hours. She's off camera doing things in public that are necessary if you want anyone watching your network again that is a person of color. I think she's earned that race. 100%. She's really out there doing that, especially with, like, the new movement that's happening. I mean, just watching her, like, I almost cried. (laughs) I like watching her in that Watch What Happens Live special with W. Kamau Bell, where... Kamal is like nodding and emphatically agreeing with everything. Yep, he's like, anything she says, mm-hmm. follow that black woman. She's smart. Uh, I just, I just love her. I love her so much, and I hope she doesn't end up disappointing me. <laughs> I, yeah, I think she has blossomed. She has the best evolution on this show we've ever seen. She is literally stood up in her truth of who she is, the, a, a descendant of. She's her own woman now, even in a couple shit with a man we can't stand to the point where we forget we can't stand that man because we love her so much. Like, we're so busy praising Portia with, oh, yeah, she is still with that man. Huh. But then she says things like me and Dennis are personally bailing out any protesters, anyone claim, you know, that is alleged to be a rioter. We're bailing them out, both of us together. I'm like, well, shout out to that black man for billing out other black men. Hey, <laughs> like, well, you even like him, and I'm liking him because of Portia. <laughs> Two claps for you, Mr. Hot Dog Man. I, I I'll know, honestly, <laughs> I'll buy that hot dog now. When I go back to Atlanta, I might pick up a hot dog if it's you know okay. if he's if he's open. Although Georgia is like fully open because I hear Married to Medicine is going back to filming in July. So right. now Pageant Doctor Jackie, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I just feel Portia definitely deserves a nice race and yeah. we should give that to her ASAP. And if you're looking for the funds, we can go on and take it right from the VPR budget. I'm pulling it. I'm pulling <laughs> it over right now because my Lord God, VPR is on fire. It is in flames, a blaze. 
<laughs> a real mess. Oh my god, girl. What the I there are so many things. I have guys, Where's I have it? every week I have um an outline in front of me to keep me on track. It never works, but I try. And <laughs> there are so many bullet points <laughs> under VPR cuz I I don't know how we recover this. Like the best PR things in the world. And I had my friend Donovan on last week and we talked publicity and PR stunts and all these things. And he made it very clear. You do your best to revamp your client's image and you keep them, you know, involved with the relationships of the public literally as best as in you lie until you can't anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where we can't anymore. And it has no shade. I mean, I've made it very clear. I have, gathered people to watch old seasons of VPR. There is no greater disappointment I've ever felt in my life than what VPR has become this past season up until now. I fully loved this show with all of my heart. And the last half season to this full season to now, I have never felt a pain. (laughs) Like the one I'm experiencing. I hated reunion of last year where they were all against James because I knew it was bullshit until they literally read the entire internet. And then they all came back this past season and and were like, we love James because we read the internet and he told us to love James or they'll hate us. And I don't like people like that. So Katie is the worst one of them all for that one. But (laughs) this past season, atrocious. And now it feels like the skeletons are out, the dogs are roaming, and the monsters are alive, and I don't know what to do with this entire show. I do not know how we go on from here. I I don't either, and I'm thinking, like, with regard to Jax and, like, the, you know, louder and louder cries for him to be fired, I think the only reason why it's not happening is because they're really trying to figure out behind the scenes what it is that they're going to do with the show. Yeah, I am here to say, whomever is listening, because I know y'all got some kind of plug that listens to these podcasts and then puts them in page six, because there's no way y'all are all... uh, To be honest, we're not all big enough to be somehow randomly having articles written about us in page six. That's just the truth, T. So (laughs) to whomever's listening, if you got connections to page six, you can also connect over, over to Bravo fire him first, then fire the show. Ooh. We need to make that stand specifically against Jax first. (laughs) Just make a statement that he was fired and then just end the whole show. Because here's the thing, and this is a hot take, though I do accept and have zero empathy that Stassi and Kristen lost their jobs, if you somehow think that we can retroactively fire people from things that happened in the past and Stassi and Kristen come up first, but Jax doesn't, I am willing to bet Jax's skeletons are so much more severe than the absolute severity that happened with Faith, Stassi, and Kristen. Because that is awful. Jax, I know, is worse because he's worse on screen. So he is now priority number one to me. We don't even touch below deck. I don't even know that man's name who just got fired. Before we get rid of anyone else, we have to get rid of Jax Taylor. 
there's absolutely no way Bravo can just let this show go. And the only stance they made were two nobodies we just met and two women, two white women that, what, did things we empowered them to do? Jax does things we empower him to do and then some. Can you imagine if Jax had a podcast, had his own platform in which he was speaking every week? I feel someone would be arrested. I think he'd be like on a no-fly list. Nothing about that seems safe. It would have been a mess. I mean, it would have been pulled from the airwaves within six weeks tops. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, just to imagine like what is, I mean, hearing what, I imagine you heard the conversation that Lance Bass had on his um, podcast about the 90 Day Fiance guy and Jax. Yes, but please feel free to make, you know, any references and highlights in case people have not read it because there's a lot coming at us right now. Yes. So basically what happened a couple years ago is that Jax had gotten into a fight with one of the girls. um, Her name, I think it's Ashley. And she was married to a Jamaican guy named Jay. Ashley's white. Jay's Jamaican. So they had gotten into some beef a couple years ago because Jax was like going off about how like he was on a he's a bigger star than them, blah, blah, blah. And then he said to Ashley, like your your husband's nose is big as his head which is not a great thing to say about black people. You guys know. Um, oh my God. So this has recently come back up. It's resurfaced. Uh, Lance said that he had a conversation with Jax about it. And Jax's response was something along the lines of, well, what, what did I say wrong? I, Jewish people have big noses too. Which, you can't say it about them either. I mean, <laughs> Just, like, can I jump off a bridge right now? Like, the fact that he doesn't oh, see the issue with that is just, just end it all. Just end it all. I, uh, I, what do you want for the future of Vanderpump? I honestly, my thoughts are, Jax has showed us who he really is when he has been openly biphobic and homophobic on the network by saying things to uh, about Ariana, Tom, and all these things on camera, not even including what is allegedly been said about Billy Lee before he left, before, um, well, Jax is still there, before Billy Lee left, and all the things that he said about her and how he could not film with her because he can't slip up and he doesn't want to slip up and I'm like what is there to slip up about you're not being PC you're literally calling people what they tell you to call them this seems like no rock not rocket science to me but to him this is like the biggest deal ever and it's the hardest job in the world to film with a woman who I guess he feels like there's a problem with but then to say during a pride parade that they don't want to see all the new people that the pride people want to see him and I'm like no they don't want to see you because you're literally all the phobics like every single phobic of the phobics and <laughs> we <laughs> I, I can't even keep the phobic straight how does he keep the phobia straight like he has insulted probably every kind of minority group impossible simply by just you know being like well what did I do what did I do I don't understand like I love everyone no that's actually a lie and that's my issue is that Lisa Vanderpump is kind of also the same and just in a much more uh, sugar-coated way where Jax is a lot more blunt with it Lisa is the same way she thinks that because she says she loves everyone and 
host these, you know, charities for don't that don't always seem well timed that she is exempt from criticism that she does not protect the minority groups around her and on her own show and on her, at her own restaurant with her name is on the door. It's on the marquee. It's in the program of direct TV. When I turn on my television and she did not protect Billy Lee, she did not protect faith. None of the, she let all these things go on. How can we have a show where the, the head, cause they always say the fish rots from the head. The head is literally rotted we it's it can't stay it can't stay with lisa vanderpump and as long as we're still celebrating lisa vanderpump's establishments and her staff that she's never going she's made it clear she's never going to take accountability for because her entire statement of apology said none of it including no apology she's never going to take accountability so then what is the purpose what what can we do with this show and guys i i tell everyone you need to check. I think I'm just going to post it because I have a screenshot of it. You need to see Lisa Vanderpump's statement and look at Kara's response underneath because she did it to all the apologies <laughs> of the week. It was just K. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I like went into a fit of chuckles every time I saw Kristen's and it was like K. And then Stassi's and it was like K. And I saw Lisa's and it was like, okay. And it's just so funny because you think these are, this is those memes on the internet of the girlfriend writing six paragraphs and the boyfriend is just like, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, what I'm supposed to say, it's like, you clearly are buying into your own bullshit. Lisa is guilty by being an enabler. She lets mm-hmm. these people passes she lets them behave badly and then when she's called to the carpet for them it's like oh well I didn't do anything and I love everyone and I love dogs and I love gay people and blah 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 and it's like okay but like there's no accountability for what these people have done and you have given them a platform you've Mm -hmm. given you knew and I don't want I got into this back and forth with people on Twitter and I should not have done it for two days oh no were were saying like oh Lisa didn't know she didn't know what Stassi and Kristen had done she doesn't know that blah 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 she's just a celebrity and she just gave her name to the show and she just shows up because she just gave her name to the show this is why I was fighting with them for two days. <laughs> Didn't we, weren't we forced to see her film scenes as if this was Beverly Hills 2.0? Right. She was involved. She, she was said, at- you will come to my house and you will watch me find shoes. Right. And yes, okay, are we to believe that they hang out when it, they're off camera? No. But this is her show. And if we're you can't live you can't exist in a world in which people are not like dming her adding her on tweets blah 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 there's you know you can't say that she didn't know anything about stassi when stassi filmed a scene several scenes including a scene with lisa vanderpump about what she said on on her podcast don't don't tell me that for years she just didn't know because this isn't really her show and she's Right. I don't believe that Faith left without making some kind of remark of anything. Secondly, Billy Lee, I do not believe she left either without there being, because according to Billy Lee and according to many articles of what Jack said and how he can't film with her, 
he wasn't saying it in the wind. He was saying it to people like LVP. Like, that's one of the people that he was like, I can't, you know, I, I don't know what to say around dot, 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 them. And I'm like, where is your standing up for, I'm, you know, I'm Miss Gay, I'm Miss Pride, I'm Miss Rainbow. Where is it then when he is misgendering this woman and he's literally saying he cannot be liable for what comes out of his mouth around someone that he deems is that hard to be around? And so she knows. Oh, she knows. she's an executive producer. Get out of my face. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's laughable. And let's me not forget the Faith and Max Todd dated. They dated. So who? Oh. Anything? Come on. All right. And this, see, this is exactly where because people always ask me where I get off with Andy and why I don't like him, and I've been very silent about it on the internet because y'all like the screenshot shit and I'm not with it. It's very weird to me how much time people have on their hands to create fake DMs, which we are getting to next. But uh, this is my same issue with Andy. They're like, well, people don't realize that Andy doesn't have any power and I am the first one to say Andy does not do casting anymore. Technically what Andy does is above what we keep asking him to do. He right. is no longer, I think, VP of original programming, which is where he would be involved in the casting and the decisions and stuff like that on a much more intimate scale. He is now Mr. Face of Bravo and all these big things, and he, but he is still considered their boss. They keep calling him their boss. They consistently say it's like texting your boss and, you know, he's daddy and all these things. It's that fun rapport, but it comes from an actual hierarchy, and Andy is up top of that. So the thing is, though, sweeties, when you move up from one position to a position above it, it does not mean you don't have any influence of the position below you. Right. That's literally not how a line works, like how a hierarchy works. And just to keep it a thousand, Andy is still the executive producer of pretty much all of these things. So yeah. if you think for a second that just because Andy's like, well, I agree with the decision to fire them, uh, but remember, I'm not in casting. Yo, no, you're not. The technical and the semantics of that sentence are true. The logical are not. Because you still, if you wanted to have someone off, you could have them off. If you really thought, I know for a fact, Andy probably was like, I know we're probably about to re-sign Leanne. I don't think that's a good idea. She did not get it at the reunion. It did not go well. People are pissed. We have to think about this harder. And guess what? She's no longer there. Because Andy still has uh, say he can call whomever he wants and say you need to reconsider that person so it's not his job to do it but he can yeah I mean and even if he wanted to just be selfish about it and you know he is the face of the the network and so he if if it were me I would say I don't want to be associated with these types of people, and I'm sure he has a deal where he's saying, like, regardless, and, and because he is, like, the face of Bravo, mm -hmm. why can't say, like, I, I don't want to be associated with this. I want to be associated with ushering in a new era of Bravo where we're more inclusive, where we're not letting these people get by with saying fucked up things, racist things, homophobic, transphobic things. Like, why are you trying to pass the buck like you... Like, I'm just, like, a sweet little boy, and I can't do anything. Like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. If he wanted to, 
he could. And that's my point. It's if he wanted to. And I'm not saying that Andy doesn't want to be inclusive. I've always just felt a vibe from Andy that pretty much got confirmed at the Below Deck reunion that he grew up wanting to be in that good old boy, frat boy network. He wanted to be in that in crowd. Everything about him seems like he felt that it was unfair that the only thing that separated him from all the privileges of being a white man and an attractive white man was his sexuality. And that's not fair. And that is true. It's not fair you get mistreated for that. But to say, oh, this is the only thing that separates me. And this is my problem with a lot of the white male gays. They're like, the only thing that keeps me from being the epitome of the privilege I was promised to receive in this country Mm-hmm. is the fact that I sleep with men. So yeah, that is mainly why they want to fight so hard against quote-unquote injustices. But the moment they get let in and ushered in into the circle, they, the moment they get a seat at that table, which i.e. for Andy would be the money, being the boss of yeah. all the people that you used to want to be friends with, the moment you get that luxury, you're no longer fighting. So what happened to the other people that got left behind? All the other groups, the people of the, 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 the people of color who are gays and the trans people and people of color, period. Like, what happened to those people who were fighting for because you got your seat at the table? Oh, I know. You're literally asking Kate why she contributed to her own demise on Below Deck when these men were so misogynistic. People couldn't even watch it. Yeah, I, I don't watch Below Deck, but I, I heard everybody. It was not cute. It was a collective, like, I am horrified about how Andy's behaving. I'm horrified that he's, like, justifying these men's behavior. Mm-hmm. I, it, that was seemed to be the general theme of it. Yep, and that's exactly why. And that's my point. I've always had that vibe about Andy. I don't like, I think that sometimes the way he talks and communicates with certain people, it still feels very stereotypically driven. It feels very... Um, I don't know what word to use because it's going to get real deep and I need to have that conversation offline. But it do- I don't like sometimes the way he even interviews certain people, certain ways. So everything about it seems like he thinks that because he is gay, he gets a pass of not being, you know, any kind of incorrect in the way he acts and treats people. And that's just simply not true. He feels like he doesn't have to be held accountable. And honey, we all have to be held accountable. I hold my own damn self accountable, literally in my head, constantly. I'm like, am I implicit biasing right now? Oh no. Why, why do I think this way? I challenge myself constantly because I want to be a good fucking human. It's not that hard. That doesn't seem to be his interest all the time, which is why we're not getting the casting and the decisions that we want. That's, that's my soapbox. So if you don't believe me, you love Andy, go for it. But that's also my point. People love Andy so much. If he told the network, I don't want to be associated with this person because they are racist, they would listen in a heartbeat. But I listen to the Daily Dish podcast and they fucking love Jax. So that's why he's not gone anywhere. Mm, Okay. And frankly, like, just to be petty, I don't trust anybody who loves John Mayer that much. Like, I just (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. Um, speaking of Vanderpump Rules, Stassi is pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. She's out there in the world with no mask. And her uh, fiancé, um, it was paparazzi I can definitively state I have n- probably never seen another picture of Stassi in the paparazzi in all the years I've known her. Thank you. So and I've seen many a red carpet picture. Because I'm telling you, I did not hate 
Stassi before. So I would look at her stuff. I'd be like, oh, that's a cute outfit or whatever. Never saw a paparazzi picture in my life. But somehow, her and her boyfriend are amongst the masses of people in WeHo, Beverly Hills, LA, whatever, that needed to be photographed as California started to reopen because she wasn't wearing a mask, I guess. That's why they found her. Must be. Must be. (laughs) Must be. If there couldn't have been any phone calls being made to tell them no. where, they, where they were. <laughs> or what? Don't you know she's just of the biggest stars? She's so big and she's pregnant. Kara, it must be that she's pregnant. That's all. No one's been pregnant before. So she must just be pregnant. And they, and they were like, we must go find the pregnant woman. Right. And they're, they're giving us like 2010 paparazzi photos. Like, yeah, this would make sense if, like, if this were 2008 were like I don't I don't even know like like Justin and and Selena Gomez like yeah we would see them taking pictures coming out of a gas station getting a banana from the liquor store that that would make sense this does not make sense it, this doesn't and, and during a pandemic either <laughs> it, right like I- watch Kristen Doty and her like Jonah Hill lookalike boyfriend getting into their car like miss me with that like come on let's be real girl we don't care um so that's what they're doing um also she's throwing Lala under the bus with information that shocked no one that apparently Lala was also in on all this racist shit because Lala's out there taking selfies at Black Lives Matter protests and she's you know walking the streets also with no mask but somehow Stassi just wants us to know Lala is not who we think she is. And to all of it, I just say, Stassi, you're really busy, I guess. Unemployment suits you. Because <laughs> you're just doing a lot. You're, seeming, you're having a wonderful, great life. Uh, you're pregnant I mean, and you're walking and you don't feel <laughs> scared and you got a lot of time to talk. You're talking to reporters and things. Like, it's great. I've made a statement very clear. I think she'll be back on our screens in 18 months in some capacity. I think we're going to get a sit down. Halfway through the pregnancy, I think she will be on Bravo the moment that baby's been delivered. If there's a baby, I do believe there's a baby because I can't conceptualize if anyone lies about pregnancy. I know it happens. I don't believe we're living in a Lifetime movie yet. I won't let it happen. I'm not in a Lifetime movie. I refuse to believe that because then I got to give up Bravo altogether because y'all really (laughs) employed some batshit crazy individuals. I can say a lot of bad things about Saucy, but I don't think she's fake pregnancy evil. I don't think she's that brand huh. of evil. Not for publicity. I don't even know if Bo would go about that. Although I've heard things about Bo. And he's not this innocent little angel that everyone thinks that he is. Not that he's like in on the bullshit, but that he's not the nicest guy. He's kind of a little bit fame whore-ish. And most people don't know that, but he knows how to also sell his you know, his love, just like Tom Schwartz, he knows how to sell his lovableness. uh, And it's not all a hundred percent genuine. The man was an actor, wasn't good. I mean, he was in a movie with Kristen, but he was an actor. So, (laughs) I mean, he worked in casting, so it's safe to say he knows what is a convincing. There it it is. And he studied Uh, so much Game of Thrones. So they know so much. I heard, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but I just heard this like an hour ago, that he voted for Trump because of his um, anti-abortion stances. So Brittany's mom is sick and in the hospital. Um, They're alleging, the girls are saying that's why Jax is still employed on a show that's going into the ground. 
it's interesting to me because you can fire Jax and not Brittany while her mama in the hospital. I'm just saying. I I fully agree. I <laughs> they both have contracts. So. I, I I agree. Like, what is the point? If only for like Britney's personal safety, would they be like keeping him from this? But oh, I mean, to be to be a fly on the wall of that like modern farmhouse in Valley Village, like I just can't imagine the conversations <laughs> that are happening, the shots that are being taken, the you know the walls that are being punched through. How much I, blame I, is being deflected? Yeah. I don't even know what their problem is. Like, I just don't understand. And it's like, I know you don't, baby. Just, it's fine. Just be quiet. We got it. Gosh. I mean, it makes me feel just like an ounce of sympathy for Brittany. Of course, because of her mother. That's got to be a very mm-hmm. situation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. You know? I just, I did, I did a full diagnostic check of my body. I didn't find any empathy. <laughs> I looked. I looked deep. I, I sent all the troops in. All the sensors went out. Didn't find any. Um, no, I feel for the mom-ish. I don't okay. want anybody to be sick. Right. <laughs> so I'm like stretching my basic human decency as far as it possibly can go. And apparently it's still greater than most people. So I feel like I'm doing fine. I just don't want the woman to be sick. It's not fair. I don't know what she's sick with. Do you? Um, I heard that she had like a bladder surgery. Okay, well, I hope she's doing okay. I hope she ends up continuing to do well. It would be cruel to call Brittany the day after her mom gets discharged and fire her. Um, but that's not that's none of my business. So I don't really know how that would happen. Um, my, my, my empathy for Brittany came in the third part of the reunion. Now, I didn't find it. Just by saying that, like, I believe that Brittany knew what she was signing up for by continuing to be in slash marrying Jax Taylor. With that being said, I think we don't know the depths to which Jax Taylor is evil, and it's very fair to say that Brittany is in over her head with him. I think she was in over her head. I think she got her head on board real quick. (laughs) She wanted that shoe-dazzle deal. And I don't blame her. That's my issue. I can't yeah. have empathy for Brittany because I understand what happened. She left Kentucky, thought I'm going to go ahead and get into the big city lots. And she just went on over to LA, moseyed yeah. on over there, got her job at Hooters because, and not for nothing, the girl isn't ugly, but of all the women that Jax has been with and has shot his shop for, I mean, the, the man did date Stassi and Stassi is gorgeous. And Stassi pretty much got him on a show because to be honest, Though this came on Sheena's back, Stassi was a big pull for these people when they thought about doing Lisa Vanderpump's show because the girl was fucking nuts. So it makes sense. He got she got him on a show and then he got Britney on a show. And I think Britney's like, I won't try to change you. I will literally do my best. I'm sleeping. I'll look the other way because I'm Southern. That's what we do. We let our men do whatever they want sometimes. Though I know plenty of Southern women who don't fuck with this shit. But, you know, Britney knew what she was signing up for. So... I think once she realized what was going down and when the faith thing happened, she heard the recording. They didn't play it. Someone had to pull the strings on that, LVP, maybe. I read the transcript of the recording. It's not good. It even reads like Jax. It's the Mm. most mind-numbing thing because it sounds as erratic as he speaks, and that can't be duplicated. It's it's incredibly unique to who he is. And I think Brittany was like, 
what are we going to do? Because if it comes down to it, they will keep me on this show. I have now made it in good with every single person on this show. They will keep me. They will literally be my friend over yours because you're on their everyone's last straw. It, as we saw even now, I think they made an arrangement. They stayed together and everything since then has gone on. And when his father died, she was like, I'm the one still here. You see? You made the right choice with me. And he was like, oh, fuck, I got to keep her. Like, I can't break up with her at any point. She stayed with me when my father died. So, which is yep. not untrue. I don't think either of them are stupid. I really don't. I don't think anyone on this show is stupid. Even Schwartz. I think they're all playing a game. And now the game has been lost by all of them collectively. They got oh. sloppy. Totally. It, it got real sloppy. And yeah, I... I... I would just like a Tom Tom spinoff. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I don't know if I want a Tom Tom spinoff because they own too little stake in it, and I need them to own more for me to be invested. I just want Ariana and Tom in my life. I want Ariana in therapy. I think she proved to be such a class act when you know Jax was talking about his mental health issues, and a lot of people fully expected her to be like, "You made fun of mine." But the problem is when you're actually being therapized and I am in therapy, so I too am in therapy, I'm therapized. When mm -hmm. you're being therapized, you kind of get a different perspective. You don't treat your enemies the same way. I often tell my friends when they first start therapy, I'm like, be prepared to be the most evolved person in most of your lives and relationships. It's just what happens. If you're listening and you're actually working therapy correctly, you might be the most evolved person that you talk to on a daily basis. So you kind of have to act responsibly. It's like being a big sibling to a, a younger sibling, but more emotionally and mentally. So she was like, I hope you get the help you need because that's necessary. And I was like, this is what people like you more than anyone else. But I just want to see them too. I don't even like Tom and Katie enough to watch them on screen. So I'll just watch. And also here, Max is still employed at Tom Tom like mm -hmm. fully so uh, the, the, throw the whole thing away I, I don't I don't want any of it because I, I don't know how we it feels minefieldish, you know no matter yeah. what I touch and where I put my hand I feel like I'm touching something or getting into something I don't want yeah yeah I agree with you it's I'm, I'm I, I feel like we're gonna hear in the next couple weeks the fate of Vanderpump Rules yeah, I, I think that <laughs> no one's going to be satisfied. Again, you can lose everything and someone will still find you because it seems like Saucy has more fans now that she may or may not be a racist than she did before. She may or may not have been a racist. So yeah. it's crazy because people, you know, they'll find you. It might not be people you want. Brands still won't want to deal with you, but then one of them will. So I think all of them will just oddly be okay and then hopefully go into the bliss of a bit of oblivion. Jax and Brittany will a thousand percent end up being on marriage boot camp. And I'm not going to lie. I will be a hypocrite. If they're on it, I will watch it. Oh, a hundred percent. I got to watch that. I need to see that implode. I, I have to. Canceling my plans on Friday night and I'll be there. I'll be yeah, there. I surely will. The same <laughs> way I'll be there this upcoming season when Phaedra and her hired boyfriend are on there. I'm going to be there though. I will. You get the right cast and I'll be there. That's just how <laughs> it goes. So, oh my God, that was the hardest thing in the world to talk about. But in happy news, Potomac has finally gotten an air date. 
Yay. God is good. I'm so happy. Amen. Amen. I mean, we've got a good six weeks until it comes, but I can I can do that. I can do August the second, nine eight central, House of the Potomac is coming back. Y'all better show up because y'all are talking a lot of things about, you know, being committed and not taking your gas your foot off the gas. And I will say, though we think that Bravo is so mind numbing and we have to remember these people still go out in the world and they do stuff like vote and talk to people and act and interact. This is not a lost cause. And I am coming from the side of, and I'll get your opinion, Kara, in a second on which one you are on. I'm on the side of, I don't, I don't think it's enough for me to just tell myself, this is all a bunch of hot mess. I should stop watching. I do believe there's a point where I will stop watching because I'll just mature. But until then, that's not the answer to me. The answer is stop being assholes because I'm tired of that. I don't think that we should just excuse things and I have to be the one that make, that takes the high road all the time. I am tired of that. I think people need to be held accountable. And if I choose to not watch after that, that's fine. But I'm still going to tell you about yourself on my way out. And as far as Bravo goes, they need to stop segregating cast and doing so so disproportionately. We still only have two black franchises one came out the same year as another white franchise and then you added another white one for salt lake city so don't tell me that it's just about you know the segregation or whatever because it's still disproportionate it's disproportionate in ad dollars however if we all show up for this potomac premiere guess what happens they will be forced to put marketing dollars in that network, in that franchise, I mean, that is the point. When you show up for certain things and you put your purchasing power there, your viewership power in those things, it can't, people don't say no to money unless they're outwardly bigoted and then we don't want our money there anyway. But the same way Atlanta is the number one show on Bravo's network pretty much, it's because so many people show up to watch it they can't turn it away. They have to love it because those women get the results and get the money. So if we do the exact same thing with Potomac and y'all are actually serious about it and you don't just keep using the memes and watching the binges on Hulu for free and then you go, oh my God, I love it so much. Show up at this day, August the 2nd, and let's actually watch some black women not, I don't know, be racist. (laughs) It's so funny because when I watch Atlanta and Potomac, it doesn't trigger me because they're not saying anything ever that is like, oh, I don't know about that. They're not saying things like Brandy Glanville, oh, you're a black person to Joyce, you know, a few seasons back. Because all my black friends don't get in the pool because they don't want to get their weaves wet. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They're not walking into a Halloween party dressed as a another celebrity in blackface. They're right. not doing that. They don't shock people with things that are rooted in some kind of ignorance to a level of hate or bigotry. No, they're just messy because believe it or not, you can be messy and shady and just flat out be bitches without being bigots. <laughs> it's real easy. I do it all the time. They have had conversations about race when it comes to like Katie being biracial, but those were not like outwardly bigoted racist comments. Mm-hmm. They were that black people have in the community about what it right. is 
biracial and colorism and they were having amongst the two women who are fair-skinned who do get certain privileges because of that because of their ambiguity of their race due to Mm -hmm. their complexion they were working that out as we tend to do as black people who feel like we have to constantly talk ourselves into if you're of a certain complexion of darker that we're beautiful because we're told we're not if you're lighter well, don't you don't want to be associated with black because that's not beautiful. So then it's like, no, I'm not black. I'm mixed. No, I'm not right. black. I'm biracial. It's like, no, no, no. I don't, I'm denouncing because we've been taught you don't want to be associated with that because I don't know. It, it can get you killed. It can get you pulled over. It can get you hurt. It can get you made fun of. It can get you know bad things happen to you. Like all the things about it. So of course they have to work through a lot of identity crisis crises, and that's normal for black women and especially to. Uh, different raced complexion lighter people will have that conversation because they're holding each other to the carpet. However, what they're not doing is then also then alluding that that's not beautiful or there's something wrong with it or anything like that. They're not Kim Zolciaking and walking out and going, you know, this is why no white person will film with these women. Right. Like I'm still not over how that woman still has a job after saying that. <sighs> When they when I heard that don't be tardy never mind I I, <laughs> I can't take it I can't take it anymore. and it's coming back I am just my face is frozen in what the fuck eighty hours a week it truly it's like, just what I can't I truly cannot believe that they that they. <sighs> That you guys are still giving Brielle Beerman money. It, like, uh, it, she needs a job. She needs a job. <laughs> and this is exactly why I don't understand, and I refuse to believe that somehow they prioritized getting rid of Nene Leakes and putting her in her place before anybody else. I, I don't believe you. Like, there's just n- simply no way you would go after a moneymaker, no matter how hard she is to work with, no matter how dangerous or violent she is, versus people who are literally during a time where we are calling out racism, ma- losing you money. At this point, people will, are actively deciding to not watch your entire network because you won't say something denouncing Jax. And we had to wait for freaking Lance Bass to do it. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I mean, to to go back to your question about like what it consuming the the network and not like I, you know, I was feeling like a little bit of guilt about that. Like seeing a lot of people saying like, oh, I'm not going to watch Vanderpump anymore. I'm not going to watch it next season. I you know I'm not going to watch the reunions. Blah blah blah. But I feel like I don't know. Like maybe I am just going to exercise what little privilege I have to say like if I want to consume whatever it is that I want to consume, then then I'll consume it. But at the same note, like I am going to hold you guys accountable for your behavior. I don't know. I'm I'm very conflicted about the whole thing because I I remember like, did you watch girls? Um, no, because I cannot stand Lena Dunham. I'm sorry, people, people really (laughs) love her. It's not me. I'm not people that love her. Completely fair. Um, but I mean, the big conversation when girls first came out was their lack of racial diversity. And so I think about that when it comes to Vanderpump rules of like, okay, for me, like the national conversation of girls was like, these girls live in Brooklyn, 
there are plenty of pe- black people in Brooklyn. Why are we not seeing them? But like as a New Yorker, I'm like, okay, well they live in Greenpoint and there really aren't black people in Greenpoint. <laughs> this kind of is realistic. In the same note of like, do we really think that any of the cast of Vanderpump Rules, save for like Ariana has friends that are people of color in a way that they could like integrate them on the show? Like it wouldn't really for them so I don't know it's like it really would be like a diversity hire which would kind of bother me more than yes I did not agree with Aisha Taylor on friends it didn't I didn't like it it, it doesn't make sense it like it, it, really it felt it felt it I felt it and I don't like feeling that either and I agree I've said before you know the reason that Housewives of DC really kind of can't come back also while Potomac is on is because it feels like Bravo really wanted another black franchise and Maryland has a large black population. There's one that's really central in a specific County that I grew up in that, that Candace lives in. Now it is one of the largest black counties in the world. It's, it's incredibly large. It's like 65 cities and still over 85% black. It's a lot. So that's not where they're located, but they wanted something to reflect that. And I've, heard allegedly that the pilot that they did like wasn't about housewives and it wasn't even the etiquette show it was centered in that county because i got a call about it at my last job so mm. it was supposed to be that but the one thing they kind of can't address because no one wants to admit to it is that if you put it in these cities you're gonna have to address gentrification so you could make a show about girls in brooklyn a long time ago for like decades ago where there, if there was an all-white cast, you'd be like, um, shouldn't there be some people of color on there? And it could be a national conversation. And the answer would probably be yes. There probably should be some people of color on there. But in these 2000s years, you could actually answer no. Because I yeah. live now near D.C. And I can tell you that my parents grew up there and it was called Chocolate City. And Georgetown was built by slaves. You could go through Georgetown and not see one black person for a long time. It's right. very possible. It's very possible to roll through D.C. when there's not a pandemic happening. And, you know, there's a lot of patios that are whitewashed because gentrification happens. And it's not always in the form of redevelopment. So it's possible, just like you said. And that's a very good point. I've never heard that argument made about girls. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't want to watch it. I don't know. <laughs> it's very possible, but again, Lena Dunham, I just, it, it doesn't sit with me, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just, I've never gotten that way with her, but I, I would agree with you. I don't think there are very many people on Vanderpump Rules, you know, who have friends that they would feel comfortable including other people in their lives because I've heard that, you know, it didn't just go as far as calling the cops on Faith. It was putting things around the house to see if she would steal them. And these words feel icky coming out of my mouth. So I, the same way I said, you know, when Kelly Dodd was like, if you think I like black guys, I don't like black guys. I'm like, well, they don't like you either, girl. Right. We don't want to be friends with you either, Vanderbump. Right. And and I think about, like, when people say, like, oh, I want more diversity on New York. And I'm like, I, my thought is, like, I don't want to subject a Black woman to Ramona Singer. Which <laughs> apparently I've heard is the case. I've heard that that's actually the reason why they don't do it. But then my answer is, 
Y'all gotta stop employing people like Ramona Singer then. I get it. You think that makes you money, but if you also think she's a liability to anyone that isn't a white woman, then she's not employable. She's literally right. the opposite. She's so much more expensive to insure. Exactly. Mm. So then maybe she should not be there. Maybe it's her and it's Kelly that need to be gone. Though they may is that the kind of money you want though? Because eventually it comes back to bite you in the ass and it's doing it right now. It's just doing it literally from east to west. Right. When even the other white cast members are saying, like, I don't want to be around Ramona and her, like, band of Hamptons, like, Hamptons, Like, I don't want to, they don't even want to hang out with her Ramona's friends. So, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a problem. I mean... You got Leah on that entire show being on the on the only person on that franchise right now that's on the right side of history. And y'all have heard me talk about how much I cannot get behind Leah as the individual. Not as the character. As the character, she's fine on the show. Yeah. As the individual, old child, there's a lot problematic there. And if uh-huh. she's the only person that is on the right side of all of this... We need to take a hard look on the women we call icons because it's not just, well, we need to make sure everyone has a voice and we don't only have to be PC, but I need y'all to stop calling human rights agreement PC. We're not not debating human rights. That's not PC. Yeah, like let's stop calling racism a political act. It's not political. Yeah, we need to, like, no, I don't want you to be so political, girl. And, and they say it to people like us. They'll say it to like me or Raven. And I'm like, girl, you don't want us to talk about racism all the time? Girl. <laughs> okay, I'll stop talking about it when I stop experiencing it, okay? Thank you. I good think night. that's a great, that's a, that's a really good exchange. That's, we'll make a deal. You go out and make sure people aren't racist and you come and tell me and then I'll stop talking about it, okay? I, I would love to not talk about it ever again, but you know what? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think every single morning, um, Raven from Manly Bravo, she posts uh, that that meme of Ramona, where it's like you opening your eyes and there are her big eyes just bugging out at you, and it <laughs> says like me, you know, in the morning reminding y'all the Black Lives Matter, and I'm like, she goes, "Good morning." <laughs> That's literally what we have to do, like all day, every day, because we can't exchange the bodies we're in. So we'd really like it if we could navigate the world and our lives in these bodies and not be threatened. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Would love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, back to white women though. Tamra, oh, not all are bad. Actually, some are really cool. Me and Bronwyn. I feel like we're kindred soul sisters, though. Her mom and I need to talk. But me and Bron are good women. And that's what I'm saying. I love when when y'all get it right, you be right. I I love a nice, friendly Karen who's using her Karen-ness for good. I'm for it. Like, Bronwyn is out on the front lines Karening against racism. She is full on, like, you will stop it. You over there. (laughs) <laughs> do better like she's like on stories like um I just saw a cop let this woman go after she tried to run over all these protesters in the streets guess what race she was white I'm calling the supervisors and I'm like I'm for it that <laughs> is called caring for good however I need her to readdress her friend Tamara I hope that they are not as close anymore because Tamara 
Tara's weird and she's talking a lot. Have you heard that she said that um, she would like to go to New York and that she's getting a spinoff or something with Vicky? Like a lot of a lot of Tamra is coming back to me at once. Uh, yes, I did hear that. And I heard the collective laughs from everyone around the nation of <laughs> do not have the range to be on Real Housewives of New York City. You don't have the class. You don't have the polish. And I'm saying this fully aware that we see Sonia Morgan's vagina like every other episode. That you are either you're below that young lady. You don't have the account, the bank accounts. Where no. are you living? You you're gonna be yeah. a, of outer, outer, outer New Jersey. Like man. Yeah, you're like middle Jersey. You're not even in the suburbs of New York anymore. Like, you're not even where, you know, Paramus, you're not even in where, you know, Teresa and them live. You're deep in Jersey. Like, you can, you can, you barely, you've been on the show for how many years, and you barely got yourself behind the, the gates of Coder de Casa in the last season. And she the sold show. it already. <laughs> like, quit playing with me, girl. Quit play. I mean, so funny. That's it was it was cute. Like you don't have the wherewithal to tell a bartender that you want a vodka soda and describe it as if it was a drink specially made for you at Starbucks. <laughs> like you don't have it. It's not in you to describe a vodka soda with mint as if you are making the most complicated macchiato ever, which by the way, for everyone who wants to know, go to your local Starbucks and ask them if they know how to make a marble mocha macchiato if you like mochas. You will thank me immediately. But it's complicated as hell. So that is the point. And that's why they took it off the menu. And Ramona literally orders a drink that every sorority girl that is 19 is ordering at every bar that she can get into. Right. And calling it a specialty. A specialty. Like she, she says it with so much affirmation. She's like, okay, so I want a tall glass filled with vodka and club soda and then muddled mint and then more club soda and another vodka and like tall ice. And I'm like, you know, it's liquid, right? Like it's all just going to settle. You cannot layer it. It is not a cake. It, she's so, so funny. It's just the cutest thing ever. Tamara, don't have it in her, honey. Come on, come on, come on. Why don't you go worry about your son, whom apparently you <laughs> don't follow? Um, I can imagine it's because she's like, "Ooh, being a racist gets people fired from Bravo. Me being a non-racist might get me rehired at Bravo. I'll get rid of the son because she forgot that it's not just her we don't like; it's that family." He he's like a true demon from hell. Like every sort, like honestly, like I don't want to be dark, but if we find out that he's like an incel, I wouldn't be surprised. I, <laughs> he is like every rotten, four chan, like QAnon conspiracy theorist human being. Like every what what happened? What happened to Ryan? I don't know. And what's funny is that. I've had very many of my Latinx community friends tell me, you remember that time that Tamara called her own husband a slur while they were in a Mexican restaurant because he's Mexican? I was like, huh, that, that sounds about Tamara. Mm. 
Yeah, we don't need that back. I don't want that energy. And I definitely don't want Vicky on my goddamn screen ever again. So again, Tamara talking as much as she has in the last like, you know, few weeks, it is stressing me out. The only thing that gives me any kind of solace is knowing that a few different times in the last few weeks, you, Kara, have charted above Vicky Gumbelson on the Apple iTunes podcast charts. (laughs) And that's been great news for me. I check it and I go, oh, yes, Kara. Just go right on over that girl. <laughs> Just What's soar up? right past her. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. No, I mean, okay, my second question is, didn't they try to pitch the show with Kim and Nini? The like, we're going to travel the country and get into our wacky antics? Like, that was a rumor when Nini left the show, like, a few years ago. I, yeah, I I do think this is familiar. Um, I still don't believe that it's fully picked up. I don't know who is, you know, giving them this green light. But Andy has said before, he didn't say it about Vicky, which I find hilarious. But he said about Tamara that he actually thought she was a great housewife. And I can understand why he thinks that. Um, I can't, I can understand why he thinks that. I don't think it's true. I just can understand the argument there. But he said he would like to see her return one day because he thinks she's a really great housewife. So I can't imagine that she's going to be gone for long. Yeah, I agree. And Ryan is a complete liability to her. And Honestly, like, can you, can you, like, divorce a child when they're a full adult? Because... I mean, you can. It's called unfollowing them on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. They got, they they consciously uncoupled. Uh, Thank God. That's the smartest thing that Tammy Waddle's done in years. (laughs) Oh, I feel bad because I had a very nice, very polite woman get in my DMs. And it's like, Monty, I love you. I'm not that bad of a Tammy. Please don't call her Tammy. I'm like, oh, I forgot there are people who are out there who are named Tammy that are like not assholes. Not all. I am sorry to the Tammies that are not assholes. (laughs) Because this Tammy is one and she gives your Tammies a really bad name. And I really do that because I don't want Tamara searchable. I don't want to give people that satisfaction. She's not, I'm not mentioning her name on my show the same way on my Instagram, I do not call Stassi by her name because you can search that and you can see it. She's name redacted S and that's just how it is. I will fully type more words in letters. Oh, yeah. To prove right. a point to be petty, I'll type all the letters I need to. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have Below Deck that I'll be forgetting it's on I'm not going to lie. I think it's just accumulating on my DVR and I'm going to get to it. All of it. I know I am because, but then it also, the alert kind of subsides when I see people make a statement that they're leaving a show before I've finished the show, because I would like to think that Sandy actually had the power to fire Hannah. Mm -hmm. Like, I know she doesn't Bravo. If they want Hannah back, she's coming back. So I mean, they did it this year, and it seemed like Sandy was not with the shits. But I want to watch and see the drama build up and all of this confrontation build up. And then she goes, you know what, Hannah? You're fired. And then she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm leaving. And then I'm like, oh, my God, she's really leaving. But now I already know that she's not coming back. So whatever happens is either 
no longer the case? Like, it's no longer the status if they end the season great? Or it it's obvious that she's not going to come back. So if she gets fired, I'm no longer excited. Though they don't follow each other, so... You know, that's the millennial 2020 way of being like, I'm done with you. Right. Uh, so this guy, is he on Blood Deck Mediterranean? Is that what's on right now? I think that's what's on right now. I think Kate is on the regular Below Deck. And well, okay. he left now too. So now we have two Chief Stews back to back who are also gone. But this new man, he's on the current season with Hannah and he has been fired. I believe his name is Peter. That sounds right. Um, his name yes. is at this point. <laughs> yeah, his name is also not important. And so <laughs> his name is, you know, racist man number three who doesn't get it and has no clue. And that's a lot of words more than Peter, but that's what he is because I've seen many text messages, I mean, tweet conversations with a lot of other people who are like, bro, hey, fellow good old boy, you know, we, I got to tell you right now, this is not a good idea. You don't understand why this is bad, do you? And he's like, no, he doesn't understand. And are you well-versed in what happened with this situation and why he got fired quickly? I saw the picture and I wish I hadn't. Yeah, I wish I hadn't either. I remember seeing it and not reading all the context when I was in a group chat and I got it. And I was uncomfortable and sad and I did not want to spread it, so I never even mentioned that I saw it. I thought I needed to give it zero light, obviously. Guys, if you're going to go, if you don't know what it is, Peter made a meme uh, reminiscent of S&M was the tone of the, the, the text, and it was, you know, you know, bondage and those, that type of, you know, sexual kink which is not kink shaming, but this is a problem. Um, he put it in the context of when you're tired of seemingly black men. And so you go on and get with a white man who bondages you up or something like that. And mm-hmm. it is a black woman who is like in chains and it, it, it's, it's disgusting. And she's like naked seeming and, it's all bad, and the connotation is bad, but it, the picture itself, I am like, oh, no, this isn't cute. But then the text is legitimately when you leave your Black man, and I'm pretty sure there is some kind of stereotypical thing, like it, they, they, a name is used that is supposedly a Black man's name. That's used instead. And when you leave him and you go to a white man and he basically ties you up and brings you back to whatever minutes in time of slavery. Like mm-hmm. it's all bad. Like the whole thing from start to finish is so wrong. And the explanation gets worse. People are like, um, honey, this is not a good meme. It's so poorly timed. I don't even know what to tell you how bad this is. And it's very many white people who I really appreciated, you know, being in that man's mentions because I was exhausted from how disturbed I was. It felt nauseating to me. I was like, oh, this is not it. I can't look at this. So I don't have time. If I don't have time to look at it, I don't have time to educate you on why this is a problem. So for them to be like, hey, honey, this isn't cute. And he, his responses were, 
I love sleeping with black women and S&M is fun and I sleep with all kinds of women. And then it went from, I am inclusive in all of the copious amounts of sex that I have. And it felt really icky and pervy how much it was like, oh, I get lots of sex from lots of women. And then it swiftly turned into fetishizing black women in their bodies, which is how you got to this meme, I guess. And all in all, it ain't cute. So Bravo said, oh no, we're, you're not yelling at us no more this week. No more. And so, they quickly fired him. This wasn't even, this was a recent post. I, it, either it was recent or it came out recently. Because I mean, nobody knew who he was, obviously, until this season started. And the season started two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So yeah, whatever it is, we're just now getting to this post so I don't know if they did like a Max and Brett investigation or if he recently posted it but Bravo decided to finally make a stand and not just say they've been let go they said we fired him for the racist post he'll be scrubbed out of the season as much as we possibly can Mm. you can get like a sherry pie from a from RuPaul's Drag Race situation here (laughs) yep so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting because he's also one of the most confrontational, misogynistic points of the season. Shocker, because he has a female ball. It's an all-female management team. You know, there's a female chief stew, a female captain, and a female uh, bosun. So, and But the female bosun's team are all men. And he, I believe, classifies himself in nickname form, like Mike the Situation, this is the unit, and I don't know why we're still doing that when Jersey Shore has been off the air for, like, what, 10 years? So, <laughs> it's not cute. We are grown. We don't need to do that. And But he's one of the perpetuators of Sweetheart and Honey, and there's a scene going around right now that Captain Sandy is, like, reading him for filth because he idiotically fucks up and calls her Sweetheart or Honey or Pumpkin or something. Mm. And that is literally the captain of the boat. So uh, I don't know much about, you know, marine hierarchies, but that don't seem to fly to me. That, no. Okay, yeah, that's, it's hideous. Like, (sighs) why would, why do men think that like, oh, I I sleep with everybody, so it's okay. No. Nope. That's even more of a reason why it's not okay. Because you're like, getting in intimate relationships with people regardless of whether or not it's casual or not it's like you're you're taking you're giving your body and sharing your body with somebody else and yet you still don't see them as a human being and you're using them to yeah like you said fetishize them and commodify them sexually it's like get a clue my guy yes and at the very very least what you've done even beyond all of that, which is already terrible as a human, you should check yourself and get some help. But what you've done at the least is say, well, you're a different one. So I can still think this way about everyone else that could have been you if I did not know you, but I know you. So I must, I can think of you differently and still hold the same thoughts about who you are and where you come from. And that is not the case. There's a very saddening yet powerful video of um of a black woman who recorded her boyfriend of six years, an Italian boy from I believe Long Island, um, who was talking. I don't. It's sad. I I can't. Even, I don't even remember which protest 
slash riots of which murder and which hashtag this was. But it was in the last two years, so it was one of them. And he's commenting on the news very racially, the monsters and the thugs and the, you know, being animals and there's a strong accent involved and using a lot of the N-word. So I don't encourage people to go see it. That's a trigger for them. And she's recording it and she's like, that's how you feel. No, but you need to understand, like, this is like, like, you gotta, you gotta know that there's a difference. And I am like, my heart broke for this woman because we'd love to say, oh yeah, we know all the races in our lives, but the same way a lot of y'all are shocked by the way your family members think during this time. And you're like, well, it's not me, but my God, my mom or my aunt or my cousin was very unreceptive to what I had to say. It's like, you had no reason to know before, but imagine finding that out on your couch in your own home and being shocked like that. But that is also the point is just because you can sleep with someone, Leanne, doesn't mean you are not a bigoted individual that needs to change their mindset to respect them as human life and for what they go through. It's not enough to say you're colorblind anymore because that's also bullshit and nor, sh- nor should it be anything other than bullshit. It, you yeah. need to see race. You need to understand that there are problems here for lots of different races, for lots of different reasons, and in lots of different times. And we need to just not do it. That's it. And just like on a last note, I just looked at the picture of this guy and I don't believe that he's ever slept with a white, black woman. So, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that black women are attracted to this man. I, I'm just going to say that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he lied. And that's, that's that on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still did not get around to watching New York. I'm thinking I'm just going to just double the episodes when New York comes back and then also follow that up with some Beverly Hills because I would love to talk Beverly Hills, but I don't want to get into whether or not Aaron said he'll crush her fucking hand. I don't want to revisit that at the moment. Yeah. I, My head hurts. There's a lot going on in the world. There, there's so much happening. And like to try to even navigate through Aaron's like word soup, it, it's just not worth it at this point. Yeah, it's not cute. I don't need it. It's not the energy that I want for my life today. So we just won't do it. But (laughs) I have that power because my name's on the door. So (laughs) Um, that being said, where do we go from here with Bravo, Kara? Do you, do we continue to watch and talk? Do we hold them to the fire? Do we complain? Do we yell into the wind? Like, do we think any real change could happen? I, I do. I mean, I think that there needs to be, you know, people are having the conversation of like, why, why go so hard with Bravo when there's so many bigger things, quote unquote, to be talking about, but it's like, you need to understand how big it is to consume media and the responsibility that media has in our lives and in our perceptions of people and how we navigate the world and how we treat people. Like it seems very frivolous and silly, but it's, there's a bigger thing to be happening there. And I think to ignore that, I think is not fair because media plays Mm a huge role in our lives, like undeniably so completely true. So, you know, I, I want to push for more, 
you know, watching, consuming black media, consuming the black shows, definitely watch Potomac. I, I want to challenge everybody who says, I can't get into Potomac. I can't get into Atlanta. Really, like, dig deep as to why you feel that way. Right. I, I want to... I want Bravo and I want other networks to be more responsible in the people that they hire. I, you know, just like with Max and Brett, like those tweets came out immediately and you can't tell me that they don't have people in legal who could not have looked up those tweets. If I can go. That's all we did. Oh, it was like, it was as simple as typing in their at and then the words that you shouldn't say. It is the simplest thing I've ever seen done. No one had to actually go digging. No, it's so easy. It was like it was like almost laughable. Like, why didn't y'all do this? Just type in, y- yeah, f word at at f word at n word at you know Asian people. Like, type in a race and see if what they said was okay. Like that could have been three minutes before the ink even dried on their contracts, you guys could have figured that out. So I I want there to be more, well, any really <laughs> research into the people that you're hiring. I, you know, and I want there to be accountability across the board. There, we need to set a standard that this behavior is not okay. Right, and I need you to want to do that, Bravo. That's the thing. Stop thinking that controversy always has to mix with, you know, it makes good ratings and good TV. Believe it or not, there is a line because what we're seeing, and I'm not saying that this woman is like the holy grail of all the people of non-color. Bronwyn could disappoint me one day. Sure, everyone's disappointing. I'm going to disappoint everybody one day. It's going to happen. But I'm saying the woman was messy. She got a lot of kids. She has open relationship type things happening or a lot of, you know, threesomes. Like she had a lot of reasons to be fascinated with watching her on TV that did not have anything to do with bigotry or disproportionately targeting and mistreating other minority groups of people that would be offended. It's possible. And it's not considered being too PC to not want to be rude and awful to individuals. It's not PC. That's simply not being a a bigot and not standing for it anymore. So it's very possible. And I agree. People need to really look deep into why they're like, well, I just couldn't get into Atlanta. It just doesn't, it's not for me. I really need you to tell yourself why, because, and then think, you can start with the question. I listen to these black women talk about shows about white people. And that doesn't seem to raise any alarms for me. I'm trying to encourage myself to listen. I don't care who I listen to talk about it, but what makes it that we can watch OC and and we, there's nothing there that relates to us. Not a thing. (laughs) I mean, I will never be a beach bottle blonde, you know, with fake tits living in a suburb of some city I've never heard of in, you know, and, and arguing while drinking Casamigos. That's just not going to be me. It's never going to be me. But I watch it. It's television. It's possible. So if you are using that argument, look at yourself as to why. Because everybody I know who even slept on it long and was like, I, I'm dragging my feet. Oh, I just didn't want to watch another Bravo show. Oh, I just couldn't add another one to my plate. But yet you're, you will listen to, let's talk about every single one. And then you'll complain about how you don't want to watch 
half of them because they're boring or they're too much or all these above. But you won't go watch a one and replace one of those with something you've never seen because it quote unquote doesn't relate to you. Everyone I know that's watched Potomac at this point is like, holy shit. This is the greatest thing I've done. And the shock of like, oh my gosh, this was a really great franchise. Like, why did I wait so long? It's like, why did you? Why did you? (laughs) Why did you? So don't do it again. How about that? Don't, don't even, yeah, part your lips and say anything like that again. Uh, Yeah. Mm. What's the future of the, the network? I don't know. I think that, you know, there are certain things they're going to have to answer for. But I, you know, grew up under a very conservative black grandfather who fully supported and loved Reagan. He was of a different time. I was young. And he always told me the purchasing power has more power than you think. He's like more people see green than they do any of any other color. As as awful as they treated him being a black veteran and and making money and becoming a part of the 1% as he went through the ranks before he died when I was really young, he was like, I've learned that it it takes a lot for a man to turn down a dollar. So it's one of the main reasons why I'm like, if you really want to see people be held accountable, circulate your dollar elsewhere. They will legitimately start reaching out to brands and content creators and certain companies that are black owned. If they see most of their client, uh, most of their clientele and customer base, is going to somewhere else and putting their money in black things. That's why I have a black business highlight on my Instagram right now is because it matters. Your money matters. And so does your viewership. And I think that Bravo will get the message when we start showing up in the ratings and the demographic somehow is no longer just all black. When they see that Married to Medicine's demographic, which is super strong in the ratings, and they hit about a million for like eight or nine seasons, seven or eight seasons, and they've the same cast, and it's one of the best shows on television, they'll see when it influxes and they see how and why and who's doing it, all of a sudden, we'll start seeing some integration. We'll start seeing some smart casting. We'll start seeing some firing because we won't need a Jax. People are watching all the girls who are not problematic. So then why do we need a Jax? He got to go. You're no longer proprietary. Goodbye. So I think Bravo will know once we show up. Exactly. It's like, why do you think these sponsors were so quick to leave Saucy? And then why do you think then her podcast company was so quick to drop her? They're not. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's a chain of events. It's like, People realize when you're reaching out to companies that they know that if you're associated with this person, they're not going to um, patronize your company. So I'm going to drop her because I don't want to be associated with her. And that way, my bottom line, which is money, is not going to be fucked up. And then, you know, then the second part is she doesn't have all these sponsors. So what are we paying this girl for? Because then money is not coming to us. So she's now a liability dropped. So, you know, it's all... a lot of it is money, unfortunately. Yeah, we live in America. <laughs> it's the sad truth. This is what, and it's NBC Universal. If you want to see Comcast, NBC, Universal stuff up to the plate, because we can't just think that it's, it's you know the buck stops with Bravo. It doesn't. The bus does not stop with Bravo. The reason no. that they're not acting fast enough and saying enough things is simply because they have a much bigger parent company. And that is who will only respond if the money 
phone rings. Yeah, and that's why you see firings happening with MTV much quicker because they need the coin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you saw The Bachelor. They got a black bachelor lickety split. We've been calling for that for years. Someone dies. Rachel Lindsay starts talking. She's like, let me tell you something. I will leave this whole network if y'all don't get it together. And I don't want a token you know, but I don't want you to make it now. And she's still talking. God bless her. She's the only one who's been putting up with so much slack because of this damn network and this damn show. But they make ratings that we've never even seen on Bravo. Okay. So they were quick to be like, oh, oh, wait, people are starting to bring up that we only have like two white, I mean, black women a year on The Bachelor. We need to do something. And boom, Black Bachelor. See what happens? Whether or not it's the intent or the motivation was correct, I can work on that. I believe, you know, God can move at any time. It's possible. (laughs) He can do some things. So we can work on that because the more they see that, you know, the, the need and the demand for change, the more, believe it or not, someone will start thinking, so why did we never do this before? Maybe we really underestimated X, Y, and Z. Maybe we really didn't think this through. And that's all we need is you to second guess before you act. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, gosh, Kara, what a ride. Network doesn't even have TV on. There's nothing on the television. And we (laughs) were able to go on a full journey. I feel palpitations happening. So please tell the people where they can find you and get more of this... uh, amazingness that you have to offer thank you you can hear me complain every monday and sometimes (laughs) on wednesdays and thursdays that everyone's business but mine a podcast that talks about pop culture reality shows if y'all watch 90 day fiance definitely check me out there um let's see what else oh i just started a series with megan from bravo you sure did and I gave her a really hard time about not booking me yet for the Dorothy and Candace special. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Please uh, tell people about that because I am into the last one. Uh, it is a series that we're doing called Mommy Dearest that is going to deep dive into the relationships between housewives and their mothers, like the more dynamic relationships. Um, we're going to be alternating who uploads the episode per month. So this month I got the first episode, which is all about DeAndra and Dee Simmons of Real Housewives of Dallas. And yeah, next week, next month will be on uh, the Bravo happy hour feed. So I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of material there and yeah, check that out. I am thrilled. I can't wait for y'all to have me on and talk about Candace. (laughs) But it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting and riveting conversation because mommy dearest is the best way to describe what Bravo has demanded become a thing and a staple on these shows. And these dynamics are so unhealthy, my God. So I hope everyone goes and listens to that immediately. Let's keep Kara on the charts as well. I mean, honestly, it's been a, it's been beautiful waking up and being like, oh, hello, black woman. Oh, hello, <laughs> another black woman. Oh, look a third. Like, it's been fantastic. Like, oh, hello, Indian woman. Oh, I'm a person of color number six. Oh, yay. I mean, there's 200 fucking slots, okay? So it, to it see six way. people of color, I can yeah. cheer. feels good um yeah so thank you so much for having me this was really really great every time I talk to you I feel like 
I, I got something off of my chest. It feels very cathartic. Yay. That's what we are here to do. You know, I'm just, I mean, that's not a substitute for therapy. Y'all go get some if you need it. But <laughs> um, of course, you know where you can find me everywhere that you listen to Kara mixing with Monty and on Instagram and Twitter as well at mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. Hopefully y'all could hear me better this time. If you couldn't, I honest to God don't know what to tell you. I'm doing the best I fucking can. Okay. It's free. All right. Love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, so you can keep up with me, and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and rate me, and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.